If you're looking for a new Bible study to start off the new year, can I recommend the Gospel-Centered Life Studies? If you go to the New Growth Press website, you'll find lots of options to choose from. You can study biblical books like Ruth or Jonah, or biblical topics like Christian living, Christian community, or Christian parenting. Each of these 8- to 12-week studies leads you into God's Word and into His grace, and they're ideal for individuals or for groups. To learn more, search for Gospel-Centered at NewGrowthPress.com. This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm your host, Champ Thornton. Whether you're listening by yourself or with the family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I get to welcome Dr. Jonathan Pennington. Jonathan is Associate Professor of New Testament Interpretation and Director of Research Doctoral Studies at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. He's the author of numbers of books, including Reading the Gospels Wisely. It's a narrative and theological introduction to, well, how you read the Gospels. I highly recommend it. He's also written a book on the Sermon on the Mount called The Sermon on the Mount and Human Flourishing. If you want a great, accessible but deep dive into the Sermon on the Mount, I also recommend this book. He's an associate pastor of preaching at Sojourn Church East in Louisville. He and his wife, Tracy, have been married for 27 years and have six children. Jonathan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, it's great to see you again. It's great to see you as well. What verse do you have for us today? Uh, I think uh, my favorite verse of the Bible, probably Matthew eleven twenty nine. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. So why don't we start by your giving us a little bit of context here, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Well, this comes to us in the Gospel of Matthew, of course, and the verses right around it are part of what he's saying, of course. Um, Jesus is inviting people in verse 28. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden or burdened. And then, then he's inviting in verse 29 to take the yoke upon and then the verse right after that is he describes this yoke as being easy and his burden as light. So those just kind of fill it in. But I think verse 29 really still gets to the heart of what Jesus is saying. So if you were to put verse 29 in your own words and uh, read it wisely, what would that sound like? Yeah, well, I could just I'll do it two ways. One, I could describe what I think Jesus is saying. I think he's inviting us to become disciples. Hmm. I mean, that language of learn from me. Uh, that word actually means, you know, become a disciple, learn from me. And then, but the reason we're to learn from him, the reason he's inviting us is because of who he is. He's mm-hmm. gentle, he's humble. And of course, he's more than those things as well. He's powerful and majestic and beautiful, but particularly he's inviting us to to become his disciples because of who he is, his character, his love, his compassion. Um, so that'd be describing, you know, I think if we want to get really crazy and say, put it into Jesus's other words still in the first person for right. Jesus. Maybe it would be something like, come people, uh, you will find life and rest when you follow in my ways and be my disciples. That's so good. So earlier you said Jesus gives a command, an invitation, but it's also based on who he is and what he's like. How would you connect those things? How does the fact that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, that he is meek and gentle in heart, how does that fit with this invitation? 
Yeah, well, there's a lot there. It's really beautiful. I mean, if you think about the context of this in the whole Gospel of Matthew, he's clearly contrasting himself with the religious leaders of the day who are people who were like a lot of religious people, unfortunately, sometimes us too, Hmm. uh, very burdensome. They put heavy burdens on other people, often in the name of, in the sake of trying to be good people. But a lot of times, even when we're trying to be good people, we can end up being what we call legalists. We can actually add things, add Hmm. burdens on other people's lives rather than give life to them. And the gospel is meant to bring life to people, not to burden people. And so I think he's really presenting himself and the ministry of Jesus. The gospel itself is is something that gives life to people because Jesus himself has come to give life. He's humble. He's gentle. He's kind. He's gracious. He's compassionate. Um, he's not come to add religion to our lives. He's come to give us life itself. So when you say burdens, so are we thinking like actual burdens on people's backs or like how does religion put a burden on somebody? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, he's using it as an image, isn't he? Because in fact, the idea of a yoke, which is something that we don't talk about a lot, not Y-O-L-K, like an egg yolk, <laughs> but a but a yoke. This is, of course, an image of uh, like a, a an ox or a cow in the ancient world being used to pull a plow. And so you might see that in a, if you went to an Amish village today or something, you yeah. might see. So a yoke on an animal, the idea is he is saying... Um, or, or it could be a yoke that's used to carry things. So you can imagine like an old picture of someone putting this piece of wood over their neck that has two long arms going out and on each side a bucket of milk or something, right? So you can think of these sort of old farm images. Those are the images he's using to say, when you do take a yoke upon you, that is that weighs you down, It, but it enables you to do something. It enables hmm. you to carry something or enables you to to work or plow a field. But Jesus is saying, and so it's a bit, it's kind of a uh, surprising thing he says. He says, yeah, I want you to take a yoke upon you. I do want you to take this burden upon you. But it's not like the burden that would weigh people down in our hearts, like a, a bunch of commands that mm-hmm. would make us feel crushed and shamed and and uh, that we can't be good enough or something like that. He's saying, take my yoke, which is actually in a weird way going to be more life-giving to you because it's going to guide you and direct you into good ways. It's going to enable you to find life as opposed to experiencing shame and guilt and fear and death. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, I love that. There's a bit of irony there. He's saying, if you're burdened, I'll give you a burden, but there's good news there that it's a good burden and it fits and it's light. So if you were taking your kids to school back when they were younger or you're running an errand together and you were discussing this verse with them, how would you apply it to their lives before you let them out of the car? Yeah, boy, that's a really great question. Um, I would say I would want to just help my children learn or anyone learn, my students as well, adults that I teach as well. That if you think of Jesus as one who has come to ruin your life or to make your life boring or Hmm. uptight or unfun or unhappy, he's actually saying the opposite. He's saying you're not going to find real life any place else in the world except for if you learn to follow me. And when you follow in my ways, you'll find true joy, true happiness, true freedom. 
It reminds me of Deuteronomy. I was reading there this morning and it said, these yeah. commands I'm giving you today, therefore you're good. Yeah, exactly. So Augustine, St. Augustine says of this verse, this is one of his favorite verses. He says, the burden of Jesus' yoke is like the burdens of a feather to a bird. Hmm. Yes, a feather does weigh down a bird, but the feathers are what enable it to fly. I love it. And I think that's a beautiful picture of learning to be a disciple of Jesus. Adults and children is the place where you learn to fly and find real life. That's so good. So if you were to take this verse and actually turn it on its head and say the opposite, which sometimes we're tempted to believe, maybe a screw tape letters kind of version, what would this verse say instead? Yeah, that's such a great question. I think, come to me, you better do what I say. And if not, you're in big trouble. (laughs) And that's what we think sometimes, right? We hear that in our hearts. I remember thinking that kind of thing when I was younger. Yeah. Why do we think that? Yeah, because our sinful hearts are always twisting and perverting the truth in every direction. Um, and we, and part of what the devil wants to do is make us not see God as gracious and loving so that we'll stay away from him. So let's go there. What does this verse teach us about what our God is like? Well, he's gentle, he's humble, he's compassionate, he's caring. He looks upon us with a smiling face. He doesn't look upon us angrily. He's slow to anger. Some of us had great fathers or mothers. Some of us, most of us have probably fathers and mothers who have good days and bad days. Some of us have had horrible fathers and mothers, but no matter how good they are, none of them are like God. God is the perfect father who looks upon us without being upset. He doesn't have bad days. He doesn't Mm -hmm. get grouchy. He's not anxious about us. Right? He's not worried that we're going to make mistakes. He is for us and in control. And that frees him to treat us with absolute gentleness and humbleness and care and love. And the reason why Jesus is so important is because he is the perfect image of who God truly is on the earth. Hmm. He is the son of God. He's not just an example of God. He is God incarnate so that when we look at Jesus, we're seeing what the true God is like. And Jesus says that he's gentle and humble in heart. This has been a good discussion. It's been an encouraging discussion. Thank you for pointing us to these verses in Matthew chapter 11. My pleasure. Would you take a moment and close our time by praying this verse for us? Absolutely. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you that you do love us with all joy and all fullness of of happiness toward us. And I pray that those who are hearing me even now would taste and see your goodness and would have a glimpse of your gentleness and humility and love. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. This episode is brought to you by New Growth Press, which aims to bring gospel-centered resources to every church and home. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.